welcome to yet another episode. I'm always saying yet another, but yes, another episode of the First X Minute Podcast. I'm your host, Ritimi Daramala. You call me Papa the Great on Twitter, APR underscore the Great. It's good to be back after such a long period of, um, a long hiatus period. I was feeling lazy for the past couple of days, but um, I've done it again. I've dragged some of the finest football analysts onto this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for supporting the brand. Really appreciate it. Uh, please take 17, 12 seconds of your time to leave a review on wherever you're listening to this episode of the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, we'll be talking about football, English football, Nigerian football, French football. And um, of course, we'll be going down in history to also talk about some of the most iconic players that we have ever seen play football in a particular stadium. What stadium is it? You're probably asking. Let's leave talk for later and let's focus on the now we'll feature or we we'll welcome our guest onto the episode of the podcast so this is how we do it dear guest you introduce you i'm sure you know the routine but let me just to avoid stories that touch we introduce your name your club the club you support and uh the club that you hate the most i'm sure joba will have one or two things to say about that but let me start with color color your name your <laughs> club that you support and the club that you hate the most. Okay. Um, thank you, Rotomi. It's great to be back from the pod. Um, after a while. I can't remember the last time we, we were on the pod together. For the record, I've been owing color if for a while now, so my debt yeah. is being paid. <laughs> so, well, just like Rotomi um, pointed out earlier, my name is Baba Smekola Ole. You can find me on social media, you know, across social media, Instagram, Twitter, at I am cool color. The cool starts with a K. And um, like you read on my bio on Twitter, I've been an Arsenal fan since, you know, uh, for the past 18, 19 years, you know, I've been an Arsenal fan. And the club I hate the most, uh, I really do not hate clubs the most, but I would say club I dislike. I, I dislike mm-hmm. um, Stoke City and um, Bolting. Yeah, a little bit of dislike for Birmingham. Yeah. Okay. Does Birmingham still have, have any connection with what they did to you guys did in that final? Yeah. No, okay. no, not really about the final. It was about um, Eduardo back in oh, 07 oh. season. Yeah. I, I think that was why connection with the Stoke City has something to do with that, to the leg breakers and all of that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, basically, it seems that try to, you know, play so dirty. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not what we call around football. If you could play around football, like people call it, without necessarily hurting your opponents, you know, to, to play football. Uh, we've seen the likes of Chelsea in the past. We've seen the likes of um, Valencia recently play, you know, such a um, play like that using such uh, tactics. But Stoke, Birmingham, they'll go as, you know, as far as trying to hurt their fellow professionals physically. And I don't think that's the way to play football. Speaking of dirty playing, I will touch on that later because I'm, I think I have a connection with that, but it's, in, it's not connected to football, basically, but I will touch on that later. Let me introduce my other guest, uh, Joba, your name, the club you support, and if you don't hate, if hate is too strong a word for you, you can use the word dislike, the club that you dislike the most. Yeah, thank you, Rotimi. Just for the record, there's nothing cool about Skolao. Don't be fooled. <laughs> <laughs> he took it from me. Oh, oh, I was waiting for that. But what did you say? So I was like, let me chill first. Oh, my, stole my shine. Okay, go on. <laughs> anyway, hi, guys. My name is Olua Joba Gwale. I'm the editor-in-chief of SoccerNet.ng. Um, the club I support, I support Liverpool Football Club the best team, the most successful club in England. Then the club I hate the most, I would say Barcelona, all because of mm. their UEFA Luna, buying referees and all of that also. So I was happy when we came back last season. So I would say Barcelona. I was supposed to say my Manchester United before, but there's nothing to hate about my Manchester United right now. Yeah, no longer about so I don't think, <laughs> I don't think there's anything to hate about Manchester United. Ouch. And you can also find me on, on Twitter and on Instagram at O L U M C Jobson. O L U M C J O B S O N. Yeah. On Instagram and on Twitter. 
two of uh, two of the greatest, in my opinion. Um, um, you can have your own opinion for all you know, but I've seen these guys talk football firsthand, and trust me, we all have analysts coming in different shapes and sizes and containers. But these are two of the greatest that I have ever come across, not because of the fact that we're friends, but because of the fact that. When they need to, they drop the opinions unbiased. They drop their analysis without fear of whatever any term um, Mr. D and Harry would have to say about their opinions. They drop it like it's hot. Cool color, not necessarily the very cool one, but you find them on Twitter mm-hmm. as I am cool color. That's A I A A I M. Sorry, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. I A M K W L K O L a that's i am cool color at um for jobba it's at um I, I'm, I'm not sure of jobba's choice of nickname though but um we still have to talk on that jobba the the, the scottish yeah. American, whatever irish whatever we'll talk about that maybe on or on the off the show we'll talk about that it's um a o l u m c j o b s o n well they say charity begins at home so we start from the local scene, maybe not necessarily the local scene, but the local scene. Um, ESPN and the Daily Mail woke up this morning or woke us all up this morning with the news that Harry Regnap is being closely or maybe not so closely related to the um, job of technical advisor to Super Eagles. Um, there's talk about how the NFF have not yet settled the, um, the contract of um, Kenneth Brock and his contract is supposed to expire this month. Um, Kola, how are yeah. you being connected to Harry Redknapp here? I mean, Redknapp? I, when I saw the news on um, Daily Mail and ESPN, I just had to laugh out loud. <laughs> no, and I felt like it was one of those times where, uh, you know, news outlets, they, 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 are, they, they do not really have content to put out and they mm. just feel like, you know, I'm stoking up a fire. Because, uh, even if Nigeria is going to do it with um, General Raw, you know, I do not see us going for another foreign coach. I think we'll go local. Uh, so I think the Arivetnap news is just um, a basic rumor uh, from news outlets that just want to get traffic. Mm. Because, um, okay, from Daily Mail, I'll go redirected to the ESPN, and then I, from ESPN, I go redirected to Punch. So it was like a merry-go-round kind of thing. Um, I want to bring Jobba in. Colors touched on the fact that we'll just do local. Now, what is the strength of a local manager compared to the strength of a foreign manager? We always talk about, yeah, um, promotes the Naira, promotes the locals and all of that. The last trophy, apparently, AFCON trophy that we won, was won by a Nigerian manager who, for not so many reasons right now, his good name is being soiled by some bad drama that happened as regards player choices and all of that. We'll not touch on that now, but what is the advantage of a local manager? Everything they say has is good and is bad. So for a local manager, what is the advantage of a local manager over a foreign-based manager? Yeah, um, well, I would say the only advantage a local manager has over a foreign-based manager is that it's actually for the local players, players playing in the, in, in the NPL. I think mm. a, local man- a local manager will have a soft spot for players in the NPL. Mm. You know, one of the criticisms that has been leveled against Kenneth uh, has been his choice of choices of players, relying on foreign-based players. Like, okay, he's not giving NPFL players uh, a chance. But I think for a local manager, I think he will, you know, he's staying in, in, in the country. Mm. He'll get to see some of these local games and he'll be able to call uh, call up some of these local local players. We saw that mm. with um, Stephen Keshi. Even though we, we all um, all these accusations coming out right now that okay some of these guys bribed their way into the team, so I think mm. that's the only advantage. But in terms of maybe technical know-how or coaching ability, I don't think they have any advantage over over a foreign foreign manager. So that's why that's why I still don't get the noise. Why people are still shouting? Why people are still making the noise that okay we should let Kenneth go and let the local manager come in. Mm. Kola, before we jump out of Nigeria and start talking about foreign football, let me just um, get your opinion. We Nigerians are very used to all of a sudden identifying a certain Iberi Eze 
Or um, what's the name of this guy that is the top goal scorer in the Dutch league now? Serial Dezers? Is it the Dutch league? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, Dutch and, uh, Yeah, exactly. And we identified them and then we sent emissaries to go and start begging them, oh, please play for Nigeria and all of that. Now, to an extent, when these guys come, they displace, or should I say, they put at a sharp advantage players who are playing in the local league here. Now, I've asked several times my friends, and um, I have the opportunity to ask you again now, does the shining of the foreign-based stars, does it deem the shining of the local-based stars? Well, I think it's um, a discourse that um, goes as far back as uh, we've been talking about uh, the EUs in um, Nigerian football. Uh, we talk about these guys coming in from foreign countries to come and displace the local ones. So uh, let me not use the word displace, to come and take the place, uh, you know, of these local ones in the national team. But when you look at them quality for quality, who are the better guys? Technically, hmm. who are the better guys? Uh, locally, we watch them, enough talent. But in the world of professional sports, enough talent isn't just enough. It goes more than just having talent. You, you must have the technical ability. You must know what to do in different situations. You must have the exposure, you know, to be able to, to make your talent uh, shine as bright as it ought to. So uh, it's a case of not having a solid foundation for these local guys. Look at these foreign-based players. Uh, they, they, they probably travel out of Nigeria, you know, uh, when so young, or uh, they are probably giving birth to in these countries where they go through a, a, a structure, a proper structure. They go through a proper football education. You know, they know the basis so well. They, they they are good technically. They might not be as you know necessarily talented as these local guys, but you will see the superior you know technicality in them. Mm. So when these guys come, I I think any coach any coach that means well or that that is looking at strictly football you know football uh looking at it from the football angle, uh, I think you would want to go for. The guys with a superior technical ability, and that's what we've seen. We've seen in the case of General Raw, he, he has tried his best to to bring these guys together, the best legs for the national team. The national team isn't, you know, uh, a place where you audition, you know, for clubs to come get you. The national team is uh, the conglomeration of uh, the best legs you could find to represent the country. So mm. I do not get the cry about not bringing in local guys local to the national team. team. It, it, uh, it's meant for the best legs. If you find the best legs in the local league, so good, they should go represent the national team. It's not an emotional affair. Rather, it is about who can represent the country best. Before I kick this matter off the scene and then bring in something, I'd just like to quote um, the ESPN, ESPN FC Par Colin Odor, who wrote this one. He said, The Punch reported last week that Redknapp was a favoured candidate of the Federal Ministry of Youth and Sports, the government department that oversees Nigeria Football Federation. A source within the NFF confirmed there had been some pressure to do away with the ball and look elsewhere for a coach. People have their quotes and unquote. People have their own interests and they have been whispering to people at the top. The NFF source told ESPN, Ross' contract is due to run out in June and the NFF has been foot dragging on a new deal since late last year. So many questions here because I don't know why the NFF is dragging. They know the contract is going to end. So why are they dragging? Is it that they want him to go? Mm. Yeah, but mm. but but he came out last week. I, I I saw a report last week that okay, he assigned a new deal with and it's going to be staying with the with the team to twenty uh, and twenty-two. But what I want to point out is that um, you know NFF and Bro has been dragging over this contract uh, matter for a very long time right now but and raw is someone that understands african football very well he has experience he has about 10 years of experience in, in african football having coached the likes of Burkina faso and carbon so i think he understands the politics and um, nff is playing and mm. it's obvious that nff wants war gone it's obvious look at the clauses that was in, uh, that were included, included in the contract in the new uh, in the new contract drafted and um, they ask people, uh, local players, they ask to stay in Nigeria, they ask to stay in the country. Nigeria, you understand? He said he doesn't have a problem with all, all those conditions, you understand? But we all know that, okay, he's also playing NFL's game. It's just mm. that what I'm just scared about is that 
I just hope this thing won't drag on onto the pitch. Yeah, mm. to start mm. affecting, affecting results. Personally, I want Ross to stay. Personally, I want him to stay. But looking at the way NFF has handled the situation so far, I think it's best for him to even to even leave. Because even if he signs this new contract, I won't. I don't trust the NFF like not to maybe try to sabotage him in his job. You, you understand? Mm. So and mm. at and at that point, there's nothing even the staunchest supporters of uh, Rod. There's nothing they can do for Rod then because he saw it coming. So I think it's something that okay, he needs to he needs to think over very well. Mm. NFL does not want to. Yeah. Mm. NFL does not want you. It. It's obvious that okay, NFL wants you gone. But NFL knows uh, okay, they if should they should they sack Rod. There could be like a backlash from uh, citizens who are like, okay, we've enjoyed our team for over the last two, uh, four, four years. He has brought in stability. Look at what Ro has done now. We didn't qualify for the uh, for the African Cup of Nations for for two consecutive tournaments, and he came in to qualify for the World Cup. It's again to spear. Same thing happened at the Nations Cup, and you can see the progress this guy is making. But still, he is. Um, the NFL is still not satisfied with the job the German has done. For obvious reasons too. For obvious reasons. Not anything that happened on the pitch. Understand? For signing a new contract now, mm. my fear about for Raw, my fear for Raw right now is that he should sign this new contract right now. He said he wants a free hand to work. We all know that that's not going to happen with the way the NFL has gone about the situation. So I think it's best for all parties like okay to just part with and let probably let a new person come in and handle the team. Probably someone that would ask to NFL team. That's that's my opinion about this contract situation. Mm. Speaking of dancing to tunes, we need to start dancing to some French tunes now or French news coming out um from that part of europe where um there's talk about how six senators including four from the brown area where leon are situated the tabled amendments opening the way for a possible <laughs> resumption of the 1920 league on season which still requires majority support in french senate or oh, apologies and let me bring you up to speed so at some point in time when the coronavirus was very vice the French people decided, oh, we need to put health first. And so they cancelled the French League on season. So what that means is that automatically PSG were crown champions, yada, yada, yada. We had the argument about Mbappé and um, Wissam Benyeda. Well, we had the argument and the argument died down. Now, they see what is going on in Germany and they see what is going on in other countries in Europe. And they're like, um, uh-oh, I think we, we jumped the gun. And then they are trying to have a reconsideration and say, okay, let us resume the league. But we know you have crowned PSG the champions. Kola, what exactly is this madness in France? Is it even possible? Uh, I do not think it's possible. I think if they bring back the league, it will be a case of um, bringing on more troubles to, to themselves than they already have. Uh, looking at the state of the league before they called it quits, uh, you can see that uh, some teams would grumble definitely, and some teams would be okay with uh, calling uh, quit the league at that point. Uh, an example is um, uh, uh, Amir and um, Mims. That's the, the, the uh, 19th place team, or the 17th place team, and the 16th place team. I think there, there was about four points between them um, when the league was cancelled. And there was about 10 games left to play. Anything could have happened. When they cancelled the league, they said they were going to promote two teams from League 2 and two teams were going to relegate from League 1. What do you want? Uh, um, is it, is it Nim? I, I think Nim are the team that would relegate or is it Amir? One of them are going to relegate. What do you want that team to, to do? How do you want them to They feel like they still have a fighting chance to, to stay up. But you, told, mm. you said they are going to relegate. There's a, there's a Leon, Leon when nine points of the top four places, I think, yeah, nine points of Leo. Uh, yes, they are still in the Champions League, but if the Champions League doesn't work out, the, the, nine points is something that could go away in 10 games. 
they could still make their way to Europe, even though they were in such a poor form. But it's football, anything can happen. You know, you look at all those parts, PSG, they were two points um, above Marcel. I don't think anybody would really fight that. Everyone knew PSG, it was just a matter of time before they were crowned champions. It's not mm. a case of the big boys now, it's a case of the mid-table teams and, you know, uh, the lowly placed teams. How are they going to feel? It's more about them than big boys. But I, I think they, they were too, you know, they were in an age to, to reach a conclusion. They, mm. are, they are three factors. Health factors, economic factor, and, you know, the league itself. Looking at it from the health angle, yes, it was a very good decision. But I ask, I ask people again, if you took the decision because of, you know, health factor, the coronavirus, it wasn't healthy to play. Why you state that you're going to resume the league August 22-23? When you do not have a vaccine ready yet and it's not like a whole lot of things have changed. Mm. Do, you, do you get me? So, I, I simply do not know, I, I do not know what influenced the cancellation. Now, yes, you've cancelled it. I do not know what has come over them again to say that <laughs> oh we want to resume the league after crowning PSG as champions it's just a, a, a show of clownery if you ask me a show of clownery on one hand Joba but on the other hand they're probably thinking well the lawyers are sharpening their pens and their speeches and French clubs and French presidents or French league on presidents are thinking uh Maybe we don't want legal battles. Let's just open this thing because there is no how. If the league eventually ends this way, then there will be a whole lot of um, queries. There will be a whole lot of suing. There will be a whole lot of fines and everything as regards what some entities didn't allow some brands to do or what they allowed some brands to not to do. So, um, Jamba, I want to bring you now. Is it, like Kola said, is it a case of clownery or has, is it some set of people that are just trying to avoid the sharp sword or should i say the sharp or the big club of the law to clarify to clarify um it was neon's president that raised the issue i don't yeah. think lf i don't think lfp have said anything about resuming nah, no um, smoke we're all fire right you, you understand so it was leon and you have to look from his from his perspective you seem at nine points behind, but like, uh, as Kola said, anything can happen in football. So he's only fighting for, for his team. But the, the main reason why they cancelled the league in the first place was because the French government announced that there won't be any sporting activities until September. And by then, it would, have, it would be too late for you to start a, a league. And mm, when, you, for you understand, mm. you understand. And when are you now going to start next season? So that was why they cancelled the league. So, but I think having looked, seen what Germany is doing, and England also is planning to resume, and then Italy, France is one of the has had one of the highest number of cases of coronavirus, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. along with Italy, England, and Spain, these countries are planning to resume their league. So I think Leon President. Have, thought that okay maybe uh we cancelled we can we ended it very early so he's trying you, you understand you understand so you have to look in, look at it from his perspective but i don't think it's a decision that can be reversed to be honest to be honest i don't think it's a decision that can be reversed i think the lf what will happen is that okay some of these uh, clubs that the decision did not favor will take the lf pitch to to let that to court you understand that okay okay yeah blah 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 yeah they, they will set they will set to it you understand they, they will set to it but i don't think there's a there's any possibility of the league resuming i don't think there's any possibility of the league resuming it's just that um, the leon's president is fighting for his team he's not fighting for the for league one in general, mm. it's fighting for his team. But I don't see any. I don't see that. Hap- I don't see that happening. The surest way for Lyon to play for in Europe next season has to be in the Champions League. And from what I'm hearing, also from what I'm hearing, the French government won't allow won't allow uh, foreign teams also to come in and play. So that's also. Yeah, their chances is also in jeopardy. If I had to say that, okay, they have to come out and say that, okay, 
they have to look for a neutral ground to play their Champions League and Europa League wow. if, the French, if, if the French government is not allowing foreign teams to come in into the into France to come and play. So if if they are not if the Champions League can't hold, I don't see uh, I don't see games being played until September, okay. just as the French French government has declared. I think the decision lies with the French government. And since they've taken the decision, I don't think there's anything um, the LFP can do. Still the first X Minutes podcast, Britain Daramala, your host. I'm joined by Babatunde Kola Olivia, Arsenal fan, and um, Mwali um, Joba, who is a Liverpool fan. Okay, uh, we're done with fans. Um, I'm, 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 to be honest, I'm sick and tired of talking about COVID 19 or Corona. It just finds a way to enter our conversations every now and then. Koro, I beg, be quick and go back to where you are coming from, wherever you came from. Let's switch to the comment section, football comment section, and because a whole lot of people have been bored in a, in a long time, ex-players without having anything to do, even current players have been coming out to talk in the nonsense, talk in the rubbish, and talking the anything that you can think of. Everybody has a comment now, from Gary Lineker to Gary Neville, even Bakari Sagna. Everybody's saying one thing or the other. So that's why I'm turning this section, the football comment section, because there's a whole lot for everybody to talk about. I'm free stunned. Um, the past few days, Arsenal and Asen Wenger were out in the news because two ex-players came out to talk about Arsenal. Um, for Ashley Cole, some key lines were when the winning culture was falling apart. That was the reason he said why um, he stated that he left the club Arsenal. Although some people like to term him casually because he left for Chelsea for cash. Ashley, um, what's his name? Bakari Sagna also um, said that um, he had to leave because they were not strong enough. I think the key word is, I believe we under-evaluated ourselves, which is a big mistake in life. Cool color, oh sorry, not so cool color is a national fan. <laughs> and uh, I have to bring him in on this one. Are these people talking any sense? Looking at looking at their comments, I can't but laugh and I laugh at the revisionism, you know, that has been going on in the past few days. I think it's a case of ex-players feeling like uh, they could come out and change the narrative, you know, of the way things were, or probably mm. come out and say this is our own account. Happened. And I, I, I'm all for you know coming out to give an account of your own side of the story, but. Uh, where uh, I, I do not agree with them is where they change uh, uh, stories or, or the background stories of what we knew, you know, that happened back then. I think Sanya's case is, is it has a little bit of, you know, similarity with Ashley Cole's case, albeit, you know, a lot of differences too. Looking at Ashley Cole, he came out to say the winning culture was falling apart. You know, when you watch the old interview, you said the likes of Keon, uh, the Adams, the Vieras, the Orioles, and Ashley Cole left us now after the UEFA Champions League final in 2006. Although the, the issue about this contract has been lingering, you know, for a whole long while throughout uh, the 05 06 season, and you ask yourself, how has, you know, how did uh, the winning culture fall apart before Ashley Cole left us now? Ashley Cole joined us now, I think 1999, won uh, two league titles with us now three FA Cups, was part of the Invincible in 0304. That was two years before he left. In 2005, Arsenal won the FA Cup. In 2006, Arsenal made the Champions League final for the first time in the history, you know, on a strong run, where Ashley Cole didn't really participate. Uh, I could remember Matthew Flamini was the one, you know, that occupied the left-back role before Arsene Wenger brought in Ashley Cole in the final against Barcelona, probably due to experience. And you ask yourself, how did the winning culture fall apart before Ashley Cole left Arsenal? Mm. People that mm. left Arsenal, probably after 09, you could say yes, the, the winning culture was probably falling apart after 09 because even after Ashley Cole left, uh, there was still the likes of Henry. Even after Henry left, Arsenal mounted the title challenge. If you remember, which should bring me to Sion, 07 08 season, Sion's yeah. first season at Arsenal. Mm. Arsenal almost won the league until the Birmingham case where they broke Eduardo's leg in February. You know, and he had um, a huge uh, mental toll on the team. Why point out, why point fingers that they are no leaders? Take responsibility. Okay, they are no leaders. Who, who are supposed to be the leader? Is it not you, the players? 
you you cannot point figures at, at Asadenga because he coached the the the, the best stars, the Vera, these guys, they, they would die for the shirt, the Henri's, you know, the Ray Palos, the Adams. This guy managed them. And at the end of the day, you cannot open the head of a player and instill discipline or a strong mentality. You can only talk and try to, you know, cheer them up and make them ready for the occasion. As a Venga style of management, we knew he is not the, the, the Jose Mourinho, Alex Ferguson, you know, style where they, they would give you the air drive treatment. So and most of these players joined us now because of Asavenga, because of how loving you know he is and how welcoming he is, how we treat them like a son and be a father to them. They knew this thing, they knew we start before joining. Now, why point two fingers? Why not take responsibility? So I think Ashley Cole is just for me, basically, like you said, he's talking in the nonsense. You left when the team was flying high. You, you spoke about Vieira leaving. Papigas replaced Vieira so well that even when Arsenal faced Juventus on the run to the final, he ran rings over Vieira. He almost scored, if you remember, 2 new. We defeated Juve 2 new on aggregate. Mm, 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 Adams, Adams, Adams was, was already off before the Invincible season. We already had the Colo Tourists. We already had the Campbells in the team. He, he spoke about Martin Keon. Martin Keon was not a, a regular feature in the Invincible season. He struggled to get game time. As Avenger had to help him to reach the required number of games so he could get a medal. You talk about Henri. You left Henri in the team. So why mention Henri? So I, I think it's just a case of these players probably trying to twist uh, history and uh, you know we have a young fan base you know in football right now. People that didn't really pay attention then that would jump on the stories they, they tell. People that didn't experience everything. But they should not forget that they have fans that experienced this thing in real time and followed proceedings and were left heartbroken after a series of events. I'm not saying Arsenal didn't lack mentality at some point, but it was not during Ashtikos time. And as for Bakari Tire, he was part of the people that lack the mentality. So it's a case of taking responsibility. <laughs> and when Bakarisaya wanted to leave us now, it was also a case of not feeling, you know, not not feeling like they, they, it was so important. He wanted them to, to speak with him about his contract so early on, you know, probably come on to him and start begging him and oh yes, probably the ball could have done so well. He said he, he, he heard about Robin Robin Van Persie leaving via the press. Alex Song Alex Song came out to, to tell the world that he left for money. There's, mm-hmm. there's little to nothing the manager would do about a player that wants to get money. It happened with Oscar at Chelsea. Robbie Van Persie left for reasons best known to him because he comes out today to talk about Aston offering him a contract tomorrow. He talks about the little boy in him screaming United. I do not know a lot about his story until he stays consistent. <laughs> so, probably there was a communication gap between the hierarchy and the players there. I do not know. But it's a case of this player not wanting to take any responsibility. And I do, I don't, I'm not going, going to be here for it. I'm not going to be here for it. Call like that. You can hear this voice. I said, I really tried for this thing. You know, as I moved to the Emirates, as I moved to the Emirates in 06, we, we, we know teams that have moved to new stadiums and we know we know how they struggle to be up there financially. So what do you expect to, to bring in the biggest stars after moving to a new stadium, which was a necessity? We had to move to this new stadium so we could, you know, at least compete with the superpowers. Now, the Emirates is over 60,000 capacity. After beginning to reap the dividends of moving to the Emirates, we had to move to it. Wenger said something. We left our soul at, at Ivory. Everyone knew that, but it was a move that was necessary to the Emirates. So, pointing fingers at a man that practically saved the club and you know made us what we are today is something I would not live for. This man stood as a collateral so that the Swiss bank would borrow us now money. So, I do not understand these stars. There's, there, there was a Samenashi that Asavenga offered, I think, close to 120000 a week, even though he had, he had it shown for just over a year then he refused it and went to Manchester City. Now she would come out tomorrow and say he left because of the winning mentality. How? <laughs> I, I don't understand okay. this guy. <laughs> that, 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 that's Kola going on a rant on the street. 
and talking about um, Arsenal as much as any Arsenal fan, as much you will not get any Arsenal fan talking about this Arsenal situation the way Kola has spoken about it because here's what he has done. That, that's the point, but here's, a key, here's, a, here's something key that he did. He actually helped the Indomie noodles generation, took them on a trip back so that they can understand where everything... Because now we're in, a, we're in an era where we all hate it, all of us. We hate it when people just jump on comments on social media and they don't really know the background. They don't really know the background story. They just jump on comments. Now, as Nicola said something about winning mentality, everybody's quick to jump and start talking about winning mentality. But meanwhile, we forget that Kola told us that run-up to that, before he's leaving from Arsenal to Chelsea, there was a run-up of features in finals. I'm talking about cup finals. I'm talking about the invisibles, like Kola has um, um, rightly said. So I think he has helped school us that, okay, football didn't start in 2010. Football didn't start when Ashley Cole said he wanted to leave. Football actually started from way back, and you need to understand the past so that you can use it to make sense of the future. I think sometimes the players are guilty because sometimes it's all about maybe selling the news, or sometimes it's about selling documentaries like The Last Dance. I have to bring Joba in because now, this era now, Netflix, ESPN, yada, 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 ABCs, XYZ, everybody's trying to make money off what has happened. And that is affecting what will happen because to an extent, you get that narrative that football documentaries will always, or sport documentaries generally, will always reveal something that was on the inside that most fans from the missed from the outside. And let's t- let's look at it this way: most of the time, the manager is always vilified, especially in football. Oh, the manager didn't do this. Oh, the manager didn't do that. Why is it that players always dodge that? They don't. You, I've never seen a documentary where a player came out to say, "Oh, that was our fault," or "Oh, it was always the manager, the manager, the manager." Is it something about selling headlines, or is it just something about documentaries? No, no, no. I think it's just about trying to shy away from taking responsibilities. You understand? And trying to get fan pity. You understand? Mm. Uh, in Ashley Cole's case, in Ash- shout out to Alex- Alexander Song, who came out to say the truth that okay, he left Arsenal because of money. You understand? We all, uh, we all, we all work in we all work in certain places. You understand? We have probably once you receive a bigger offer, you think I want, mm. I want make, I want make money. You understand? But in Ashley Cole's case and in Ash um, in Bakari Sardinas' case, I think it's just more of looking for fan pity. Like, okay, I know I fucked up. I don't know if I can say that. I, but I know, okay, I did something wrong. But let me say this, but if the fan will understand my my position. Because looking at Ashley Cole and Bakari, I don't think any of them would have made a career if not for as a winger. Understand? Mm. Now, to, to now come out and say, to, to now come out and say something like that against the manager that gave you that gave you, that gave you a career, I think it's it's, it's actually absurd. And then probably they they realize that okay, they are living the spotlight. You understand? Okay, so what I what can I do to okay maybe to go back into the spotlight mm. now? Create mm. control, create controversy. You understand? Create um, a topic that will that will um, Generate an argument between fans, you understand. And as the court's comments has created a lot of controversies among among Arsenal fans, like like Kola said, the Indomie generation, the people started watching football in 2010, would probably believe Ashley Cole's comments because mm. that's what he's trying to achieve. As I said earlier, looking for fans, fans pity. That's what he's trying to achieve. That okay. It was not his fault if Arsenal was if Arsenal was winning then he would have stayed. It was so obvious that Ashley Cole wanted to leave even before the Champions League mm, final. Mm, mm, mm. If you remember, mm. uh, there was a case of player tapping. He he had met um, I think Jose Mourinho was Mourinho, in charge of yes. was, was yes. in charge of Chelsea then. He had met Jose Mourinho even before the Champions League final 
took place. You understand? So mm. I don't understand why he's coming out now to say that okay, the winning winning culture was there. As, as, okay, Arsenal lost that their mentality, but I don't think they lost the mentality until around 2010, which was the later part of Wenger's uh, Wenger's years. Uh, 2006, 2007, 2008, they were still competing. They were playing some fine and uh, brilliant football then. You understand? They were still, they were making top four regularly. You understand? So I don't understand why Astico would now come out to say, okay, a team that won the uh, FA Cup the, uh, the previous season, a team that went on beating two, two seasons before, is now losing the um, mentality. You understand? I, I would have understood if he said probably okay he left because he needed a change or he wants to okay he needed a change he wants to move away from us now but now mm-hmm. you come in you coming on here to lie against Aswenga against us now that's what I don't think and I just think he's just trying to gather attention create that buzz around him like create controversy okay so that mm-hmm. people can start talking about him which he has been able to, which he has been able to achieve. You know, presently, nowadays, in, the, in modern days, everybody do, do things for clouds, you understand? Mm. So, I, <laughs> you understand? So, I think that's what he's trying to look for because none of the comments he said, none of the things he said made sense to me, you understand? And concerning Sagna, I think Sagna said, okay, they appeared to Chelsea or so. I think in Sagna's case, he, he's right, you understand? He's right. Mm. Um, Liverpool also had that kind of mental block. Something that it, it was something it was something that okay it is normal for maybe for clubs when Omorio was at Chelsea I think Arsenal feared Chelsea Arsenal feared Chelsea let's let let's say the truth but for Sagna uh, also to also come out I I, I just don't understand why this guy come out and speaks uh, something bad against Arsenal because Sagna nobody knew Sagna until he came to Arsenal and for him to now say start saying shit like that about a, a coach that gave him a, a, a career. I don't know why players say, say, say things like that. But as I said, I think it's just for them looking for attention. Let um, fans start talking about you. And I think the player needs to get that. Hmm. I, I need to really touch on the fact that we as football fans, as much as we are in always in touch with the present, we should never lose touch of what happened because whatever happened always serves as a baseline for what is happening and what is going to happen. Um, watching the last dance, like the dance, the, the last dance has given me a chance. I dived into um, basketball and I really understood that sport is about errors. Um, the Lakers era, the Celtics era, the Chicago Bulls era, the Golden State Warrior era, the football, the Real Madrid era, the Barcelona era during Pep Guardiola and all of that and all of that. Football is all about errors. So, for those who really don't understand what happened in the past, you can, I, I, I stand to be corrected, you can't be a full football fan if you don't dive, dive in deep sometimes into the archives. Kola shared something on his Twitter handle, that's um, I am cool Kola, about a certain Luknilis guy. I never heard of that guy, in all honesty. I never heard of that guy before. But after watching two minutes, 20 seconds of his clip, and I'm like, how is it that I didn't see this guy ever? Ronaldo was talking about how um, that's um, Denima talking about his partnership with the player and how he was awesome and all of that. I'm like, I've never seen this guy before. Like, I've never seen or watched him play. Now, if somebody comes out with a tweet in the next two years and says Ronaldo said this about Lucas or Lucas, is it Lucas now? Nilic or Nilic? Nilic. There's somebody who comes. Yeah. They play together at PSV or I think so. I think so. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and somebody comes out in the next two years and says, Ronaldo said Nilis was like my best partnership. Before you know it, Twitter will be filled with like thousands of comments. Ah, what of Figo? What of his time at Inter Milan? What of his time at AC Milan? What of this? And people are too lazy to go back into the archives and see what happened. I mean, everybody thinks Ronaldo the Lima started his, Madrid, his career from Real Madrid or maybe from Barcelona. We always overlook those starting days, the periods where they started at PSV or had to start at Atletico Madrid before they moved to Manchester City, or even they are playing this. And there was this tweet I saw about this certain football academy in Argentina that has produced so many superstars. I can't really remember the certain academy. Falcao, 
um, Kun Aguero, goes on and on and on, Tevez. But we don't always look at those sides. We always look at what happened in 2000. Most of us believe that football started in 2010. For those of us who are very old, we always believe football started in 2000. Buy an autobiography. Look, watch YouTube, read articles. Don't come on social media and show your... What's the word I'm looking for? Show your uh, ignorance. Yes. Try. If, if you don't know, listen. If you don't know, pay attention. I'm, I've always been saying this. Thing. This is not the first episode of the podcast. I'm always saying it. If you don't know something about football, that's fine. You were not born in the 1900s. Read up. Read about Real Madrid's dynasty. Read about Bayern Munich. Read about the Berlin Wall. Read about Czech, read, um, Czechoslovakia and how they broke up. Read about the football rebels. Football doesn't start in the 1990s. It is really important. Before you come out to say that one Ronaldo is better than the other Ronaldo, and before you goof when it comes to the GOAT debate, I have to say for the record, though, there is no GOAT in football. I know the boys might want to attack me now, but personally, I think... The argument uh, of good. goats in football uh, is, no, I, is, is I, I know, I, I know, I, I, not, not, I, for the I record, two of them can never agree. Two of these guys I, can I, never I, agree I, on one thing. I actually agree with what you said. I have my own goats. There's going to be an, there's going to be an earthquake. Please, I have my own goats. I think that ends the discussion about goats. I have my own goats. That's the thing. That's the end of goat discussion. I have my own goat. Yeah, not saying my... there is a goat. Yeah. No, those, see, it's English now. There, there is a greatest of all time for those of you, for the those, for those who are uninitiated. I wonder how did you people move from football to talking about animals, not necessarily <laughs> animals. We're talking about greatest of all time for the record. And Joba says he has his own. That means. He has watched football, he has read, and he has understood that, okay, out of all the players that played, that played their trade in football, he has one person who he thinks, keyword, he thinks was better heads and shoulders above every other person. Personally, for me, I get confused a lot of the time. And that is why I can't really say there's one person. Sometimes I look at what um, Eusebio did. Sometimes I look at what Pele did and Maradona did and Messi and Ronaldo are doing and the Delimas did and the Zizou did. And I think... This yeah, and, and, and I'm saying to myself, wait, I said to myself, wait, you want me to pick one? Out of yeah. all these guys, hell no, nah, man, I'm kidding. No, 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 wait for me because football didn't start in the 1970s. Let's be yeah. honest with ourselves. We look I at what think... France back about did, Paresti did, Alessandro Nesta did, Paolo Maldini did. You want me to pick one? You want oh, me to no, pick no, a no, best no. manager? If you want me to pick out of Carlo, out of Pep, out of Jose, out of um, Klopp, out of uh, um, this guy, Arigosaki, those guys in the Italian 90s and 80s. No, man. Yeah. I, I, I think everybody had their own perspective. Sorry, I'm going on a long... But it's, it's just that to educate people that, look, at the end of the day, your opinion is your opinion. And when you are arguing, especially in football, people are blinded by emotions. How can you tell me that... Well, I can tell you because it is my opinion. Anybody that starts an argument with why can't you tell me? I think it's best to just save the energy. Because the person is blinded already. The person is saying you cannot say because. But I can say it because it is a fact. There are some certain things you shouldn't say in football though. But in arguments, there are some things that you bring and say, these are the facts. We put the facts beside each other. This, 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 this. Joba did something earlier. He said, my own good. Color did something earlier. He said, okay, I can't really necessarily agree that on the overall, this is one player. We are not killing ourselves at the moment. If we were some other argument, Joba will be at Color's neck. That why can't you pick some? <laughs> if it was another argument, Color will be at Joba's neck. That how can you pick one person? When there was this, when there was this, before you know it, Sunday Dagura has entered the pool. <laughs> Everybody breaking buses and they're arguing. So I think it's important to understand football from one your own perspective two from the players and the main players perspective three from the opponent's perspective but most of the time we always try to see my team my player my guy my guy my guy but sometimes we need to understand that football is bigger okay corona has taught us that football is not bigger than life but football is true yeah most of us and sometimes you just need to look at it from your own perspective. Sometimes you need to just look at it from a general perspective so that you can have a general understanding 
of what exactly it is. Sorry for the wrong grant. I'm sorry for keeping my guests waiting and listening to me speak. So we move from um, the present to the past. And uh, speaking of the past, there's a certain ground in Italy, very hallowed ground for all things football. We talk about the San Siro Stadium. Um, according to reports, AC Milan and Inter Milan have agreed that um, they will be tearing down the stadium, maybe to build a bigger one. I really don't know what it is with those two. Football history has it that they are cousins. Inter Milan broke away from AC Milan after AC Milan didn't agree for some people to do some things and all of that. I think they still want to be stuck together by building another stadium, I think. And um, while the San Siro will be going away soon enough, we are only left with memories. And I have to bring my guest on, Asa Ukola. Um, we've watched a whole lot of games. We've watched a whole lot of players. But let's narrow it down. Which of the players you simply was the most iconic that ever played or set foot inside the San Siro Stadium? Like you saw him live playing the San Siro Stadium, like, oh man, nah, this one is just level above the best. I like, I, I like the fact that you said we've ever watched because you yeah, made it yeah. easier. You know, if it was ever, I would have said uh, I didn't watch Franco Baresi, I didn't watch Costa Cota, but you know, <laughs> I read up on them and saw some of the highlights and they were crazy. But um, going by your question, the one we watched, um, AC Milan were great. I started watching them, paying attention to them um, 2003, you know, when I saw them against the them though. <laughs> but for me, it's, it's a tough one. I have watched Shevchenko, I've watched Kaka, I've watched Sidov, there was Filippo Inzaghi, but I would go with uh, Paolo Maldini, you know, awesome defender, arguably the, the best defender to have ever played the game. I think he won about seven league titles and five Champions League titles, uh, Super Cups, Club World Cups. Uh, apart from the titles, when watching Maldini, you realize this guy is great, you know. And I, I, I think he played about 23 seasons with AC Milan. For me, uh, I'll pick him as the greatest player I've seen play at the San Siro. Jobba, Kola pointed something out. He said, I made it easy for you guys. I mean, I thought I was making it hard for you guys. I didn't know I would have removed the Everwatch. And I'll just say, <laughs> most iconic player you <laughs> that ever played at the stadium. But for you, who was the most iconic you ever saw? I would have agree with that. Maldini is an icon. I, you, you understand? He, he played for over 20 years and he was at top level for throughout mm. that 20 years. Unlike one fraud at Manchester United. So that's just right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <God. laughs> I'm here for, for it. So far, it's Manchester United, yes. That's just I do it. But, anyways, I will go with Kaka. Pilo you know, is actually my favorite player, but I think Pilo played his best and um, had his best day at Juventus. So I'll go mm. with Kaka. But there, there's something about Kaka, like, okay, he, he's. His movement on the ball, like I've not seen a player that can move on the ball, move with the ball like Kaka did. You understand? You think you know with his stature, with his physique, he's not something built for pace or something. But if, if he moves on the ball, you understand? He, he leads the defender to dust. You understand? So I just think there's this elegance about Kaka, this speed, this pace, and. His intelligence, I, I don't think I've ever seen any player like that face San Siro like like Kaka. I remember his goal against um was it Celtic the year they won the champions with that they defeated Liverpool mm. in mm. 2007. His goal okay. against Manchester United, he was brilliant. He was brilliant, you understand? He was so like I, I think Kaka is probably my best Brazilian play. I know there uh, is Ronaldo Delima or something, but I connect more to Kaka because how would you make for Ronaldinho Gaucho? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know. I'm not disputing the fact that both Ronaldo, both Ronaldinho are probably better players. You understand? But I just think there's some, there's, there's just this thing about Kaka that I just like about him. It's not something that I can really, really, really explain. But I just mm. love. He tried try in simplicity, probably. He tried in simplicity. You, you, you understand? So, I think I would say 
I'll say Kaka. I would have loved to say Pilo also, but I think Pilo played his best football at Juventus. Um, longevity for color that's why he's sticking to longevity and um, Captain Fantastic and being able to win so many trophies. That's why color went for Maldini. Elegance. And that's why Joba is arguing for Kaka. Uh, it's surprising that um, I think he underscores the fact that Inter Milan have gotten lost in history to some point because both of them were for AC Milan players. Well, I'm not saying though. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. It's just a fact here. If you ask if so that means 100 percent. One on the other side says Paulo Maldini who played for AC Milan. The other guy says Kaka who played for AC Milan. And I'm thinking, uh, should we do one more just for Inter Milan's sake? But did we really have superstars like superstars like that that played for Inter? Yeah, can we also I think for, for, for Milan, yeah, I'll probably go for Zanetti. Because for for other players that have seen play for Milan, uh, I I don't think they stayed long enough, you know, to to to, to have a mm. legacy. Solid legacy. I mean, like you could argue for Vieri, Stan Vieri, but I think for me, Javier Zanetti is just the uh, epitome of um, uh, leg. Uh, would I say legendariness? If there's a word like that in Inter mm. Milan, you know, I think it is Inter Milan. If I was to pick someone from Inter, final job yeah. agrees the color, right? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll wow. say Javier Zanetti. Wow, wow, that's a good thing. I would have loved to say um, Adriano also, but Adriano are just two top seasons at Inter. Mm, you understand? True, true. If, if, if Adriano had a longer career, it would have been Adriano because for that two seasons, you understand? He had a dead end left. Sorry, what, what years? What years were those? Maybe I would want to argue. Um, I would say 2006-2007. 2006-2007. 2005-2006-2007. I would say 2006-2007. 2005-2006-2007. I would say 2006-2007. 2005-2006-2007.
of what was going on on the pitch at the time. Don't be scared to connect with people based on your knowledge because some people started watching in 1980. You can learn about football from them. Some people started watching football last year. Or let me say, they started their first tournament was 2014 FIFA World Cup in Brazil. And you can still learn from them also. So everybody has one or two things to give when it comes to teaching and also learning about football. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me on this episode of the podcast. 50 plus minutes of talking football, football, and nothing but football. Um, thank you so much, guys, for joining this episode of the podcast. You find Kola on Twitter. I am Kukola, I-A-M-K-O-L-K-O-L-A. Um, you find Jeff on Twitter. I'm truly cool. <laughs> Moving on, you find Joba on Twitter at O L U M C J O B. No M C O no more. Let me start again. <laughs> Let me start again. <laughs> I got carried away for a second or two. <laughs> at O L U, guys, don't do. Oh, you're distracting me now. At O L U M C J O B. Yes, O L. Now I have to start looking at Joba at M C O no more. <laughs> So we'll come your way in the next episode. No, no. I will come your way in the next episode of the podcast. They say wash your hands always. Try as much as possible not to touch your face. Um, when it comes to arguments on social media, please, please try as much as possible to listen to all the numbers and all the facts before you dive in. I'll catch you in the next episode of the podcast. Cheers. Bye for now.